Section one of the Sikh Religion, its Gurus, Sacred Writings and Authors, Volume three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Sikh Religion, its Gurus, Sacred Writings and Authors, Volume three by Max Arthur McAuliffe life of guru arjan chapter one life of guru arjan the fifth guru chapter one bibi bani wife of guru ram das gave birth to arjan at goindwal on tuesday the seventh day of the dark half of baisak sambat sixteen twenty a d fifteen sixty three we have already related one legend of guru amar das's fondness for his grandson arjan and of his offer to him of the guruship another legend is also current the child arjan one day found his way to the bed of guru amar das while taking his repose it was generally considered a serious thing to disturb the guru in his siesta bibi bani on missing the child ran to fetch him he had however already awakened the guru who said let him come to me ye mira dohita panika bohita hawega this grandson of mine shall be a boat to take mankind across the ocean of the world arjan was in due time married to ganga daughter of krishan chand a resident of the village of mio in the phylor sub-collectorate of the present district of jalandhar the details of arjan's life up to the date of his father guru ram das's death are given in the life of the latter it will be remembered that he died in goindwal after his decease, Mori, maternal uncle of Arjan, bestowed on him a turban as his father's heir, according to ancient custom. Prithia urged that it was he himself who, as eldest son of the late Guru Ram Das, should receive the turban. Upon this, Guru Arjan conferred it on him and returned to Amritsar. A short time afterwards, Prithia met sulahi khan a revenue officer of the province of lahore and interested him in a complaint which he was preparing to make to the emperor on the subject of his supersession by his youngest brother prithia next complained to the chadras of amritsar that he and his brother had been left without maintenance the chadras made a representation to guru arjan on the subject he accordingly granted certain taxes and house-rents to Prithia, the customs duties of Pasya Khan Chak, a ward of Amritsar, to Mahamdev, his second brother, and merely reserved for himself the voluntary offerings of the faithful. As we have seen, it was under Guru Amar Das that Jetha, his son-in-law, afterwards Guru Ramdas, began the excavation of the tanks of Santaksar and Amritsar and the foundation of the city after the death of guru ram das guru arjan applied himself to the task of completing the tanks and extending the city of ramdaspur it was his practice to go every day and sit under a shisham tree which had sheltered guru ram das and superintend the work when the tank of santaksar was approaching completion it is said the workmen came on a hut in which a naked yogi was seated in 
profound contemplation the guru clothed him and restored him to consciousness he was rubbed and the breath which was concentrated in his brain was diffused through his body he then opened his eyes and seeing the guru and his sikhs standing round him inquired who are you and who reigneth now by buddha answered these and many other queries the guru interrogated him as to how he had been so long concealed alive beneath the earth the yogi replied i pleased my guru and he granted me the privilege of lying in deep contemplation here he promised that i should sleep till the coming of guru arjan who would awaken me and grant me deliverance he then put several questions to the guru who replied by the following hymn a player playeth his part and representeth many characters but when he taketh off his disguises the play is brought to an end and he assumeth his original appearance what characters appeared and disappeared whither did they vanish and whence did they come many waves are formed in the water and ornaments of many fashions are made of gold i have seen seeds of various kinds sown when the produce ripeneth the seed reappeareth in its original shape in a thousand water-pots there is one sky reflected when the water-pots burst the sky remaineth as before man goeth astray through the sins of covetousness and worldly love but when he is freed from his error he assumeth the likeness of god who is imperishable and perisheth not who neither cometh nor goeth the perfect guru hath washed away the filth of my pride and nanak hath obtained the supreme state it is said that the yogi on hearing this found his doubts resolved and obtained divine knowledge he then cast aside his body in the words of the sikh chronicler as a snake sloughs his skin and by the favour of the guru obtained salvation the tank from the site of which the yogi had emerged was completed on the first of fagan sambat sixteen forty five a d fifteen eighty eight the guru hastened the construction of the amritsar or sacred tank and projected the har mandar or temple of god he appointed his most trustworthy sikhs bais buddha salo bhagtu paira balo kaliana and others to superintend the work and procure lime bricks and all other necessary materials the removal of the earth had all been effected under guru ramdas in sambat sixteen thirty four the task of making the masonry side walls and floor fell to guru arjan one day the guru seated in court said that in order to complete the work more money was required and he suggested to his sikhs to endeavour to obtain it from the hill chiefs bhai kaliana said he would gladly act in furtherance of the guru's wishes he proceeded to the hindu state of mandi in the hills and appreciating the beauty of the country after his residence in the plains decided to sojourn there on the occasion of the janam ashtami eighth day of the dark half of the month of Bhadan, the anniversary of krishan's birth the raja decreed that all the inhabitants of his state should observe a rigid fast during the day and not sleep the following night but keep vigil occupy their time uttering krishan krishan in the morning they should repair to the temple to behold the salagram and there they might break their fast by drinking water in which the salagram had been bathed kaliana was the only one who heeded not these stringent orders he did not fast or go to the temple or drink the water in which the idol had been bathed 
in reply to several questions as to the cause of his disobedience he replied my god is a living being who speaketh and conferreth great happiness on his worshippers vain is the worship of a lifeless stone which neither eateth nor speaketh nor conferreth favours it is true that you occasionally fast but at the same time you refrain not from grievous sins the sikhs of my guru eat little and thus are ever fasting they ever restrain lust and wrath and apply their hearts to god's worship he then repeated the following hymn of guru arjan did god put aside all the other days of the month that he should have been born on the eighth man led astray by error uttereth nonsense god is not subject to birth and death man taketh cakes and giveth them secretly to an idol to eat o brute of an infidel god is not born nor doth he die all thy sin resulteth from fondling the idol may the mouth which saith god entered a womb be burnt nanak's god is everywhere he is not born nor doth he die he cometh not and goeth not on hearing this everybody laughed and began to criticize kaliana's words they were repeated throughout the city and the rajah was informed that there had come to the state a stranger who spoke slightingly of the salagram and called it a stone and who did not fast on the holy anniversary of krishan's birth the rajah became very wroth and at once sent an orderly to summon kaliana when he arrived the rajah in imperious and angry tones asked him to tell his place of residence his religion and the name of his guru kaliana replied on the throne of the holy guru nanak who was very famous in the world now sitteth the holy and perfect guru arjan we who are his disciples obtain the object of our desires from him he giveth us instruction which conferreth happiness here and hereafter we ever read his hymns wherefore we reverence not stones which neither see nor hear nor speak how can a stone be pleased and what can we gain by worshipping it god who is the life within our lives by whose support we exist and who is ever bounteous to us all that god you suppose to be a stone god who pervadeth sea and land who conferreth happiness here and hereafter who is contained in animate and inanimate nature who is in the past present and future who is supreme in the three worlds and to whom none is equal that god you imagine to be an inanimate object how can he be pleased with you when you treat him with such utter indignity the rajah finding kaliana thus intractable ordered that he should be imprisoned next day he was again produced and ordered to bow before the idol kaliana refused and said his idol was guru arjan the rajah then ordered him to lose one of his legs as punishment and be expelled the country after the delivery of this order the rajah fainted and the execution was accordingly stayed every known remedy was employed to revive him but in vain the wise men at the royal court frankly said that this was all the result of the annoyance inflicted upon the holy stranger instead of being punished he ought to have been received with hospitality and respect better counsels having thus prevailed kaliana was called to the rajah's bedside he said he could cure him if he promised to believe in the guru and become one of his sikhs otherwise he had no healing power his ministers promised on behalf of the rajah that he would act as kaliana desired upon this kaliana stood up 
clasped his hands and prayed to god to save the monarch's life while kaliana was thus praying the rajah recovered consciousness on seeing kaliana as his physician standing before him he ordered that he should be received into his palace and treated with all possible courtesy and distinction the rajah after complete recovery begged kaliana to take him to the guru the rajah went with his queens his concubines and his army and pitched his camp outside amritsar kaliana proceeded to inform the guru of the monarch's arrival and of the circumstances which had led to it the rajah next day accompanied only by his mace-bearers went on foot to see the guru on arriving in his presence he put his head on the guru's feet and begged him to save him now that he had come under his protection the guru imparted to him religious instruction upon which he realized his past errors the guru asked him to stay with him for three days and he would reap the advantage thereof the rajah consented to delay his departure and also to take his meals from the guru's kitchen in due time he took leave of the guru and returned with all his suite to his own kingdom there is a story told of one manj a votary of saki sarwar a mohammedan peer whose shrine is on the border of balakistan the guru's fame had reached manj he had heard the guru's hymns recited and passionately desired to behold him when this favour had been vouchsafed him he made the following requests o guru heal my three fevers make me a sikh and deeming me thy servant save me and remove the great pain of transmigration the guru replied thou hast made saki sarwar thy priest his way is easy sikhism on the contrary is difficult in it thou canst not put thyself forward or assert thyself thou canst not embrace it without being ready to sacrifice without a groan thy life on its behalf if thou become my sikh thou shalt be an object of public obloquy thy relations will ridicule thee and not allow thee to associate with them they will also dispossess thee of all thy property if thou art prepared to endure such hardships and sufferings then mayest thou become a disciple of mine otherwise continue to worship the shrine of thy saint and talk not of sikhism keep thy wealth and the good opinion of thy family why heap on thyself trouble by embracing my religion manj replied o guru the very moment i saw thee and heard thy words i turned away from saki sarwar and i was overwhelmed with shame when i reflected that in imitation of others i bowed my head at the shrine of a pretended saint possessing no real greatness thus do men forfeit their religion and lose the advantage of human birth manj thus spoke in his humility and tears clouded his eyes the guru replied accept sikhism worship the true god and it shall be a source of happiness to thee the guru then told his visitor that he must go home demolish the niche appropriated to saki sarwar's worship in his dwelling return to the guru and place himself under his protection manj did all this returned to the guru lived by manual labour and contributed a fourth part of his earnings to the sikh cause a sikh named bahilo came from alwa to visit the guru he professed to know how to make bricks in the most durable manner the guru accordingly entrusted to him the whole of the brick-making necessary for the completion of the tanks and the temple 
indeed there were many sikhs at the time who served the guru with the utmost fidelity among others the names of ajab ajaib and umar shah are mentioned they were masands who collected offerings for the guru and faithfully delivered them on one occasion he asked them in what light they regarded the offerings which passed through their hands they replied that they regarded them as poison not only for their bodies but for their souls End of section one.